Welcome to the Cooking for Chemo podcast. I'm Chef Ryan Callahan, your host. And I'm the producer, Jesse Callahan. And the purpose of this podcast is to tackle eating-related side effects of chemotherapy and discuss the practical real-world solutions to make your food taste great again. Yes, that's exactly what we do here. Every week, week in, week out. And I think we're on episode 13 now. Mouth sores. Mouth sores. They're not fun. They really, really suck. So in this episode, we're going to talk about things we can do on a daily basis to combat those sucky mouth sores <laughs> and keep from agitating them. And I think that's the right word is... is it's they not so, suck. It's not so much that we're going to do anything inside of our cooking to combat them. It's more that what we're going to do is think about them, accommodate for them, and do things to keep from agitating them. Mouth sores are like your really obnoxious neighbor. That every time you do anything, they come outside and they say something to you, right? They, they think that they run the HOA, they think they're in charge of the neighborhood, and all you're trying to do is let your dog pee in the backyard, you know, and, and they just <laughs> and they just want to tell you what to do and everything, right? That's what mouth sores are kind of like. They're this really obnoxious, bossy thing that limits what you can and can't do, and they're a pain in the butt, and you'd like to get rid of them as fast as possible. So, what we're going to talk about today is literally how do we keep from agitating them, things that we need to think about when we're cooking and to take into consideration mouth sores. Now, if you don't have mouth sores, this is good information to have in case you develop them. Not everybody develops mouth sores, but when people do develop mouth sores, they're really, really painful. They're these little spots in your mouth, right? They're look, called little ulcers. They're almost like little oysters in your mouth. And they develop these little painful spots, inflamed spots, and they hurt. And the key to cooking and considering mouth sores is really literally, like I said, it's about considering the mouth sores, right? And thinking about what we can cook to keep from agitating our mouth sores. Right. And so here's what we want to think about. So I'm just going to dive straight in here is we want to think about texture. Texture is important, right? We talked about texture uh, in a couple weeks ago and how texture helps us to identify how food makes us feel, right? How do I feel about the moment? How do I feel about the dish? Does this make me feel loved? Am I having fun? Is this interesting? What is this meal telling me? So the first thing we wanna think about is texture. Is this a crunchy abrasive texture? Is this a soft soupy texture, right? Crunchy abrasive textures because they're hard, A, they're fun, but B, they agitate mouth sores. Right. So if we have right. mouth sores, we want to start getting rid of that stuff as much as possible. So like, I love a toasted sandwich. I am the biggest advocate for getting a hot toasted sandwich in the world, right? But we don't want a hot toasted sandwich, okay? So we don't want that crunchy bread. We don't want tortilla chips. We don't want hard celery, right? We want to stick to things that are not super fibrous, not super abrasive, and we want to make sure that we're cooking all of our veggies and cooking all of our fruits so that nothing agitates anything. So, for example, no taking toothpicks and shoving it in your mouth randomly, right? If we have a fork, we want to make sure it's not overly pointy, right? We want to make sure that whatever we're using isn't going to cut and agitate and basically make our angry neighbor in our mouth upset because... When we think about mouth sores, we want to think about mouth sores almost as like a check system, like yes, no. There is no, there's not really a middle function in mouth sores. They either are painful 
or they're not. They're either causing pain or they aren't. And when they're painful, you don't want to eat. No, and it so really is. So it's counterproductive. Exactly, and pain is the opposite of pleasure, and we want to be getting pleasure out of eating food because the idea is to keep reinforcing the eating behavior. To eat more. To eat more, to avoid what we talk about every week, systematic starvation. Cachexia. So, cachexia, it's a fun word. It's hard to spell, and it looks funny. So think about texture. Avoid crunchy, abrasive textures, okay? So the next thing you want to think about is heat. And when I talk about heat, I mean literally thermal heat and spicy heat, okay? So is this really, really hot? If you were in a drive-through at a fast food place and this fell on your lap, could you sue them? Right? If it's like that, you don't want to put it in your mouth with mouth sores because it will agitate the mouth sores. So we want to stay to warm temperatures, room temperature temperatures, cool temperatures, and cold temperatures. Remove that excess heat, and I'll tell you, when I don't feel good, I do like a hot meal. But let's cool it down just a little bit. You know, it can you still can, be hot, but not hot, overly but not super hot, hot, like scalding. You want to let it cool down. Right. It can be warm, it can be satisfying, it can be just over body temperature and still taste great and feel good in your mouth, but not agitate those mouth sores because that's definitely what we don't want to do. The other thing we want to think about is spicy foods. Mm-hmm. I know I was talking about spicy being the third flavor that you taste and that you use inside of your cooking to build and amplify flavors. Well, when we have mouth sores, we want to make sure that we're limiting the amount of spicy in our food. So no habanero chili eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> I think that one's a given. Uh, no, <laughs> no ghost peppers. No, no ghost peppers. <laughs> no licking habaneros and no, you know, eating jalapenos for fun. Um, because what happens is capsicum. What it does is it creates a sensation of heat by actually creating a burning feeling on your skin. Um, and that your whole mouth. That doesn't sound like it would be fun on top of mouth sores. No, it's not. So it does <laughs> agitate your skin and creates a right. burning sensation. It's the plant's defensive mechanism to keep it from getting eaten, right? And that's that what did it, not it work. Didn't work. It was a byproduct. <laughs> the byproduct is, is that we went crazy. Like, oh, this is amazing, right? This is so fantastic. So it's this defense mechanism. And one of the things it does is it agitates your skin. So if you get it in your eyes, you get it in your mucous membranes, it burns like heck and it hurts. Right. Right. And so we have pepper spray. Okay, so it should really just be called chili spray because it's not actually made with peppers. Um, so we want to think about that spicy temp, that spicy temp, that spicy food and ingredient, and of course the hot temperature. So I'm not saying you have to get rid of spicy things altogether. You can still use pepper, you know, like black pepper, you know, white but pepper. But fine ground, not maybe not yeah, coarse. maybe not huge coarse chunks. Yeah. We want to make sure that everything that's in there is ground really finely. You can still have spicy food, but you need to do a lot of experimentation. And remember, it's easier to add spiciness to a dish than it is to take it out of it. Right. So if you start with like Good a tip. less spicy dish and you're like, okay, I could handle a little more spiciness. Guess what? There's a, a hot sauce called Louisiana hot sauce. One drop does it as they as their slogan <laughs> yes. says, right? You yes, add just a little bit of that. Or if you like Korean hot sauce, a little bit of gochujang sauce in there. You know, there's all kinds of different ways to add spicy condiments easily and quickly. And so let's just make the food a little more, a little less spicy and we'll try it. And then if we like it, let's add to it. So then the next one to think about is to keep your mouth hydrated, right? And how do you keep your mouth hydrated? Lots of liquids. You want to keep it moist. You want to keep it hydrated. Sip lots of liquids all the time if you have mouth sores because they hurt a lot more if they're dry and cracked and painful, right? So what we want to do is we want to definitely think about 
Am I drinking enough fluids? Do I have a little sippy cup that I'm just kind of sipping on all day? Because let me tell you, dehydration is a real problem, especially if you live in a drier climate like Arizona, New Mexico, the front range of Colorado, the high mountains, anywhere that's really dry by nature, you want to keep sipping on liquids all the time. You want to keep that mouth moist and hydrated. Okay, so you could, and while we're doing that, that can also be a great way to sneak in extra calories. So instead Ooh, of drinking just water, we can have a lemon-lime soda, which will help with metallic tastes and it'll help with calories. Or if you don't like soda and the carbon dioxide is not really working for you, the bubbles, that's carbon dioxide. You can have lemonade, right? So my recipe for lemonade is two cups of lemon juice and one cup of either sugar or Splenda. You mix those two together into a big one gallon pitcher. You fill it with water, you stir it, and you put about uh, just literally like a pinch of salt in there. Adds a little bit of salt and a little bit of electrolyte to it. And it tastes good too. <laughs> so that's always a bonus. And then you just literally drink that. You can sip on that and that will help with metallic taste as well. And the sugar will have calories in it and just a little bit of something's better than nothing. Um, so those are what you want to think about. And then the last part, of course, is go talk to your dentist. Your dentist knows more about your mouth than any other person in the entire world. It's amazing what they know about it's the mouth and unbelievable teeth. unbelievable what they know about mouth and mouth moisture and how to keep your, your mouth moist and stuff like that. And so... Um, that is really what you want to do. Talk to them. They can recommend a bunch of stuff to help keep your mouth moist because there's a lot of conditions besides cancer and chemotherapy that cause dry mouth. And so they know all about it. Okay, and that's that's the end of my uh, my my little uh, my little rant here about. All Mouth right, source. so let's get on to our audience email if I can do it loud enough over our snoring dog in the room. <laughs> yes, I apologize if anyone here is snoring. It's not that anyone's we're, bored. We're it's not bored. We have a new studio now in our house, and our dog is old, and he likes to snore and be by us. Um, and so he fell asleep listening he to his... Snores really, he snores really, really loud. <laughs> right, really, really loud. So, so he always makes an appearance on basically every episode. Yes, that's why I would start taking his collar off. Yeah. So the audience email today is, Dear Chef Ryan, I love chips and crunchy foods. Are there any foods that I can eat that give me that crunchy texture that I'm looking for without hurting my mouth sores? Okay, so I get asked this question a lot. And what I want to say is that it's really up to you, okay? This is a lot of trial and error kind of thing. What can you handle? What can you tolerate? What do you do? Things I would I would suggest immediately staying away from would be anything made with cornmeal. So like tortilla chips, uh, you know, any kind of like, anything made with really corn, because corn itself is abrasive. That's why we use it as a cornmeal body scrub, right? That That is just like these little micro abrasions. Yeah, not only do you have the chips, you have the little bitty corn pieces that yes. get in there and they're just, add, they're dry right. and they agitate everything. So, but things you could do is, um, you know, I've heard that people don't have a lot of trouble with baby carrots. They're... Oh, those are super crunchy. They're I didn't super even think about crunchy. that. They give you that nice, satisfying thing, but they don't hurt. There's nothing in there to really agitate it. I would avoid celery. Celery's got those long fibers in it that really do poke and dig in there. Um, so like carrots would be good. Like mangoes are, are really soft, but they, you know, they've got They're a little bite crunchy. to them. So apples, green apples are really crunchy. They got a nice crunch and a nice bite, but they're not going to be uh, overly, but like in the nut segment, I would avoid almonds, but I consider pistachios, cashews, and maybe walnuts and pecans. Yeah, they're softer on the outside where almonds are more abrasive. Correct. And then you could even roast them in the oven to make them a little softer as well. Um, 
You might want to try those uh, if you guys ever go to Asian markets. They make those dried uh, wasabi peas, but they make them in a lot of different flavors now, and those are crunchy and they're not super abrasive. Um, you could also par cook a lot of veggies, like a lot of the more fibrous veggies, like carrots, for example. Um, par cook means you cook them halfway. So what you could do is take them and just steam them uh, till they're about half cooked. That would kill any bacteria that was on the outside, and that would still leave them crunchy, which we would call al dente, which means to the teeth. Give you that nice, satisfying crunch, but it would kill all the bacteria on it right. as well. Right. And so that would be how I'd handle that, but I'd just do a lot of trial and error and go through things that you like. But I would avoid pretzels, crunchy pretzels. Those those are those stab. Those really do stab, and I love a good pretzel and a good potato chip too. And those are going to do the same thing. Some potato chips aren't as bad as others, though. Like if you have like the smooth lays, they kind of right. dissolve a little bit more. Whereas the ruffles, they stay pretty rigid and crunchy. Well, because ruffles has ridges. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think one last thought on that is that. Um, I would avoid whole wheat. Uh, whole wheat's got the bran in it from the wheat. I would mm. go for the white wheat. So if you're thinking about crackers, you know, I'd like think about the Ritz butter crackers or like maybe they're some, softer. some yes. of the, you know, like the table water crackers as they're called. Those are a little softer, they're gonna dissolve a little better, but still give you that crunchy, satisfying aspect. And of course, our idea here with cooking for chemo is we wanna get as much calories into us as possible, not have the calorie deficit so it's better to eat things that have calories than eat things that don't have calories because we want to make sure that we're avoiding that systematic starvation that was very helpful thank you well that's all for this episode of the cooking for chemo podcast remember that you can get all of this information and more on our website cookingforchemo.org along with our gourmand award-winning cookbook cooking for chemo and after i'm jesse callahan and i'm chef ryan callahan thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening.